But let's get back here to Pentecost and to the two loaves of Pentecost because that's our subject tonight. We read of the two loaves of Pentecost there in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 17. Why two loaves? That's the first question I want to ask tonight. That's the first point I want to put to you tonight. Why were there two loaves that were to be brought to the tabernacle and the temple at Pentecost? Why two? Why not three? Why not four? Why not five? Why not a dozen? Well, there's a reason why there was, there was two. You see, it points forward to the church of Jesus Christ, which is made up of Jew and Gentile. The two loaves of Pentecost, the Jew and the Gentile. We've read tonight of the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came down and there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind and the cloven tongues of fire sat on the disciples. On that day, the Jews were brought into the church. You see, everybody who was saved on the day of Pentecost was a Jew. And so in Acts chapter 2, you've got one loaf as it were. One loaf, which is part of the church. One group of people, God's ancient people, Israel. Jews converted to Christ on the day of Pentecost, representing one of the loaves that is spoken of in Leviticus 23. What about the other loaf? What does that represent? What does that speak of? Well, that's the Gentiles. And we've read tonight in Acts chapter 10 about the house of Cornelius. And in the house of Cornelius, people were saved, but they were all Gentiles. So Acts 2, it's the Jews. Acts 10, it's the Gentiles. It's the two loaves of Pentecost. And it's very interesting to notice that Peter is the agent who's used on both Occasions. On the day of Pentecost, Peter's the preacher. In the house of Cornelius, Peter's the preacher. But was he not the one who messed up? Is he not the failure? Is he not the one who denied his Lord? Is he not the one who attacked the servant of the high priest and chopped off his ear? The Lord could never use him. The Lord would never use him. That's what a lot of people would say. But the Lord's different from us because the Lord doesn't throw you on the scrap heap when you mess up. No, he gives you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and as many chances as you need. Because he knows how weak and feeble we are. And he takes those who are despised by others and he uses them. So don't you think that the Lord can't use you? He can take you and he can take me with all our weaknesses, with all our flaws. And he can use us in his service. So there were, there were two loaves at the Feast of Pentecost. 
But something else about these loaves, the Lord specifically tells Moses and the children of Israel that there's to be leaven in the loaves. I mean, it seems strange because when it came to Passover, the Lord specifically said, make sure there's no leaven in your bread. It's got to be unleavened bread. But now when it comes to Pentecost, the Lord says, put leaven in, in the bread. We would say yeast. Why the leaven? Well, you see, leaven in the Bible is a symbol of sin. And the Lord knew fine rightly that his people Israel were not free from sin. Just as he knows that the church is not free from sin. None of us are free from sin. No matter if we've been saved for 50 years. There's still that fallen nature within us. We've still got the leaven. So here's the point. Whenever you see another Christian fall, don't you point the finger at them. Now don't do it. When you see another Christian slip up or they let the Lord down or do something or say something, they shouldn't. Now just be careful. Don't come down on them like a ton of bricks. Because you can leave the devil to do that, but he'll do that part. No, we have to remember that we've all got the leaven. And we all have to keep our own backyards right, don't we? And none of us are free from sin. I mean, you just have to, to read First John 1 verse 8. What does it tell us? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we do not the, the truth and we make him a liar. Far better just to admit that we have the leaven than to pray, Lord, cleanse me. Lord, give me grace. Help me, Lord. Give me power from on high. Fill me with your spirit, the spirit of Pentecost. To be able to live for you in spite of the leaven in my life. And here's another good prayer to pray. Lord, help me to go after the leaven in my life. And help me by your grace and by your spirit to get rid of it. To remove it. The leaven. There was only one person who was free from the leaven. That was the Lord Jesus. Hebrews 4 verse 15. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Our sinless, spotless, glorious Savior. So there were two loaves that were presented at the Feast of Pentecost. And the loaves had to contain leaven. Leaven was one of the ingredients. The yeast had to be there. And folks, we've all got the leaven, we've all got the yeast, haven't we? Here's another wee question for you. What does yeast do to the, to the loaf, to the bread? It'll cause it to puff up, won't it? It'll cause it to rise up. Isn't that the problem with a whole lot of people today puffed up? 
pride. You do know that June is LGBT Pride Month. Seems to be that every month of the year is LGBT Pride Month. But uh, apparently June is is when they um, really ram it down your throat. Pride. The yeast. The leaven. And it's only the the spirit, the one who came on Pentecost, who can take the pride away. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save save in the death of Christ my God all the vain things that charm me most. I sacrifice them to his blood. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, My richest gain I count but loss. What's the rest of it? Poor contempt and all my pride. See, when the Holy Spirit fills your life and gets a hold of you, he'll deal with the pride. And I'll tell you, folks, the last thing that you and I will do will be to point the finger at other people. Two loaves made with leaven. But let me finish tonight with a third thought. They were waved. It specifically tells us in Leviticus 23 that the priest waved the bread before the Lord. As he served in the tabernacle or the temple, he would take the two loaves of Pentecost and he'd wave them. It was a a ceremony that was part of Shavuot or Pentecost, the waving of the loaves. Well, what on earth has that got to do with the gospel? Well, now follow with me. Think about it now. Who, Who did the waving? It was the priest. I'm glad tonight that we have a great high priest, the Lord Jesus, who's passed into the heavens. And he's representing those of us who are saved tonight. He's praying for us. Some of you good folk and you're carrying heavy burdens that maybe your pastor knows nothing about. You're welcome to tell me about them if you want to or if you want me to call. I'm more than happy to do that. But maybe it's something that you can't really talk about. Well, the good news is that you can talk to the Lord about them. And the Lord's praying for you. As you carry your burdens and as you experience pain and suffering. And you know what you're going through. And sickness. Just remember your great high priest is praying for you. And here's something else I want you really to latch on to tonight, folks. The Lord Jesus holds you in his hands. Just as the priest waved the bread on on the day of Pentecost, and just as the priest, as he held the loaves at Pentecost, so the Lord Jesus is holding you tonight, and he's holding me. We're in his hands tonight, hallelujah. As it were, he's waving us.
before the heavenly throne. He, he holds you tonight, he holds me in his nail-pierced hands. I mean, that's why you've got two loaves. That's why there's the, the mention of the two loaves that the priest held in his two hands. And I think tonight of the two pierced hands of the Lord Jesus that hold us, his people, tonight. And he's not ashamed of us. Many a time, aren't we ashamed of ourselves? But I tell you, he's not ashamed of us. And there he is, the great high priest in heaven. Picture him now. And he's waving the loaves. He's waving his people, the church before the Father. What's he doing? He's presenting the church to the Father. I mean, what does it say in Jude chapter, Jude verse 24? I'm sure we've heard it before. Jude verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. What's the rest of the verse? And to present you faultless. To present you. The Lord Jesus tonight is our great high priest. Who is presenting us. Before the father. And one day when he comes again. All those that the father has given him. And by the way if you don't believe that the father has given a people to his son. Just go home and read John 17 tonight. The high priestly prayer of Christ. It's amazing how many times the Saviour talks about those that the Father has given him. And he's going to take us someday and he's going to present us to the, to the Father. And he's going to say, Father, here they are. All those Christians in new buildings, they're faultless. Boy, you didn't think you were faultless. Neither do I. But we are because we're in Christ because we're in the one who is faultless. There's no fault in him. Isn't that what Pilate said? I bring him forth that ye may know that I find no fault in this man. And he's the man who holds the bread in his hands tonight, the loaves, his church, his people. And he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Saviour loves me so. He will hold me fast. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for what you've been teaching us tonight. Thank you for what you've been saying to us tonight. Thank you for the still small voice. Of the lovely Holy Spirit, that sweet voice that brings comfort to your hearts. We pray, Lord, that your people in these days may experience much of his comfort. Lord, we commend ourselves to you at the end of this day. Thank you for our time together this evening. We pray, Lord, that you would even bless us and do us good as we sing your praises in our final hymn. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A great old gospel hymn to finish with, 349.
349. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. 349 and uh, we'll stand as we sing.